0: La, 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 waiting for Kathy. La, 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 la. La, 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 See, and I have emails. Ignoring those emails. Waiting for Kathy. Kathy's texting me. Kathy's not in the room anymore, so I'm not waiting for Kathy, and I'm singing to myself. Whee!
1: Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello! hello. How are you? I'm, I'm doing okay, you know, having some technical difficulties, but hopefully you're yeah. done. That's okay. Yeah. yeah, you sound great now. Excellent. Yes. I like your name. Oh, thank you're you. You're frustrated yes. pounding on the keyboard name. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta pound that keyboard right very true yeah so very true i went to the dentist yay i got a filling Ooh. my mouth is still numb so it'll probably wear off sometime during this recording and hopefully there will be no residual pain but who knows hopefully not we'll see Dentists are important. They are. And even though the doctor was like, don't eat for an hour after, I was like, fuck that. I am having ice cream because I'm starving.
0: I don't blame you. I
1: also just recently had ice cream and it was
0: great. Ice cream is wonderful. I love ice cream. Yeah. Ice cream is
1: wonderful. Yeah. Agreed. It was little little drums, those mini drumsticks because they're delicious. Yummy. I'm still on my Friendly's Peanut Butter Cup ice cream with hot fudge peanut butter sauce and whipped cream kick. Ugh, so jealous. It's ridiculous. I mean, I really shouldn't eat this much ice cream, but it's so good. But ice cream is so yummy. It's so
0: good. Yeah, I'm trying to be healthier lately and eat more vegetables and protein, and so I ate vegetables and protein and it was boring, so I at least had my tiny ice cream cone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And beer.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: I had beer with lunch today. Oh, that sounds great. Yep. I only didn't because yep. I knew I was going to the dentist because I was not in work yep. today because I also I did. was gonna say would you normally have beer at lunch no <laughs> not when during you're I, I took the day off because in addition to that I had to go do some legal signing things related gotcha. to my mom's estate so Fair. that yeah. was thrilling and then I had to go to the bank and Give them copies of like her death certificate and stuff. So it was good times. So this is a thrilling yeah. thing. Yeah, this is a wonderful day. Well, that's okay. It followed an exciting day yesterday where my building flooded, which followed Aww. a good weekend where I saw they might be giants for the first time in two and a half years. So, so jealous yeah. of that one. Oh, so good.
0: So good. So jealous, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh. I would imagine so. Yeah. You know what else is exciting? What is exciting? It's almost your birthday! Oh my
1: god, it is almost my birthday. That's, that's weird.
0: You know what else is exciting? What else? When it's almost your birthday, that means it's almost our two-year anniversary. Holy
1: crap. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. How are things going for you, then? Doing okay. I did not have to work today. Excellent.
0: Well, I was planning to do work from home type stuff, and then I looked at my to-do list and got so overwhelmed by it that I didn't end up doing anything because my ADHD was strong today. And I would like try to focus on something and just had no ability because I was thinking of all the other stuff I needed to do, and Uh, then I gave up. I think that's reasonable. And watch TV with my dog. Hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. So that was mostly my day.
1: I think that sounds fantastic, honestly.
0: Honestly. Yeah, it wasn't a bad day. Good. And that's about it. Happy to hear that. the extent of my day. I don't remember what this episode was even about, so that makes it hard
1: for me to come up with a clever segue. When did you... um, (laughs) I watched it yesterday. You know who didn't have a good day? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Who didn't have a good day? I am actually going to say Sam, Jack... Daniel, Tilk seemed fine. Hammond. Yeah. I think a lot of people had a bad day. Pwalter had a bad day. That's true. Yeah. Pwalter had a very bad day. He
0: did. Siler had a mediocre day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's always a good day when Siler isn't pushed down the stairs. (laughs) Right? (laughs) When Siler doesn't get a slap on the shoulder that
0: sends him down a flight of stairs. (laughs) He's definitely had worse days than yes. this day here in this episode. <laughs> that said, what are we talking about
1: in this episode that is our last episode before our two-year anniversary? This episode is Stargate SG-1 Season 4 Episode 20, Entity, which... Ooh, twenty, nice. Yeah. I also did not remember what this episode was about when I woke up this morning, so I watched it again. And was as surprised as I was the first time about it. So I feel like it's not a very memorable episode then. (laughs) Neither of us can remember what
0: happened. Spoiler alert, I was very bored. (laughs) (laughs) That probably contributed to my not remembering anything about what happened. That
1: makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That said, I'm sure we're really selling this to everybody that's about to listen to us (laughs) talk about it. Tilk and Daniel are in the control room. They keep calling him Tech Davis, even though he has his name Walter in this. And his name is definitely Walter Harriman, not Davis. But anyway, that's just what they're doing in this transcript for whatever reason. Carter's there. Jack gets there as the gate is dialing out and says that this is his favorite part. Apparently everyone's all excited to just see a melp get sent through to a new planet. Yeah. Is this normal that they all gather in the room every time a melp goes to a new planet that seems strange to me but
1: also why is it only sg1 is not everyone excited yeah
0: exactly is sg1 specifically in the room every time a melp goes out and if so why and why aren't there no other ones there yeah i had questions but
1: no answers
0: no the melp makes it through to the other planet and the camera turns on daniel complains about well i guess he's not really complaining Daniel notices that nothing there resembles anything that he knows about the ancients or their architecture or technology or their writing, which I was wondering how he could make that assertion when the Malp is just barely on the other side of the gate. (laughs) Yeah, It's on a platform and there's like some weird curved pillars and off in the distance you can see what looks like maybe some kind of weird (laughs) building things, but still that seems... Like a really big leap.
1: Daniel can do instantaneous archaeology the same way that Dr. Fraser can instantaneously diagnose a coma. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good call. That must be (laughs) it.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep.
0: Sam thinks maybe the ancients left and then some other race came in and changed stuff. Tilk doesn't recognize anything either. Again, they haven't left the platform right on the other side of the gate, so I don't (laughs) know why... I don't know why. <laughs> the MALP starts heading forward, and then it starts flying. So that is weird, because MALPs don't fly. <laughs> but this one's flying. They are all wondering why and how that's possible. <laughs> the diagnostic doesn't really pick up anything strange, so it's not moving on its own command. It seems to be kind of getting sucked in by some force coming from the other side of the gate. It started coming up on... I don't really know how to describe it other than it to me it reminded me of the opening, the glowy opening in the spaceships on Independence Day. Huh. Except that it was flying over that instead of underneath that. So the glowy thing was pointing up instead of down. Hmm. That's what it reminded me of. Anyway. All right. Yeah. So anyway, it's flying through these weird metallic looking structures. And then the camera turns off. Sam says there's still nothing wrong with the signal. It should be receiving video, but it doesn't. And then they start getting some sort of a signal that's got high frequency oscillations. And uh uh-oh, it's a feedback loop. Daniel assumes that maybe they're trying to communicate. Why? I don't know. But that's what he guesses. (laughs) They decide that it's time to try to shut down the Stargate. But before they get the chance, all kinds of electricity comes shooting in through the gate and through the computer system. Causing sparks and shortages and all kinds of stuff, and I was wondering why they don't have any kind of circuit breakers or anything in place, but apparently they don't, because stuff's just exploding all over the place. (laughs) They can't get the gate to close because it's not in their control anymore, so they use the emergency disconnect,
1: whatever that is. Where has this been all this time? Right? Exactly.
0: (laughs) Maybe they installed it after the black hole planet. Maybe. Because there's been a lot of times they can't shut the gate down. Right. I don't know. Anyway. We do at one point get a close-up view of Sam getting some shock through her hand via the keyboard. Yeah. (laughs) And unfortunately, Pwalter's... Basically, his whole console explodes throwing him across the room. (laughs) Oops. Hence... The bad day that we mentioned that palter was having yes <laughs> the emergency disconnect is apparently a large lever somewhere it seems to turn off all of the electricity on the base and the emergency lights come on i thought it was strange that they're green because they've never been green before but yeah. now they're green
1: why do we even have that lever so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it scene yeah. over yeah after credits dr Fraser has entered the control room and is Checking Walter out. And she signs the light into his mouth for reasons. I was like, okay. Maybe his teeth hurt. I don't know. Maybe looking for burns? Maybe? Anyway, she sends him off to the infirmary while she turns her attentions to Sam, who is focused on what the hell just happened. She's saying there's a lot of damage and that the circuitry has all been fused. They don't know what happened and Dr. Fraser is like cool, you can totally do what you need to do to fix the ship, but first you have to go get your burned hand treated. And she's like, "No." And Fraser's like, mm, "You gotta." <laughs> <laughs> so Jack orders her to go do what Dr. Fraser says. <laughs> so she leaves and then Dr. Fraser turns to the other 3 SG3 quarters. And is like, you guys are next. And they're all like, oh, what? <laughs> We're fine. Jack goes, who put her in charge? <laughs> Why would he be
0: surprised that the doctor can be in charge in the case of a medical emergency? Yeah. That should be a standard protocol that everybody would know about. Yeah.
1: So Hammond's like the U.S. Air Force. And Tilk explains <laughs> th- that in medical matters, Dr. Fraser may overrule those of any rank. I appreciated that he was the only one apparently
0: on SG one that actually knows the rules. <laughs> yeah, with that. and he's the one that is well, not the only one that's not in the Air Force, but you know, yeah, he is one of the one of the people that is not from the Air Force
1: in that group. Yeah, so they don't have a choice, so they head on down to the infirmary with Sam and Walter and Doctor Fraser. Jack wants to know if he missed a memo. <laughs> <laughs> He probably missed many memos. I don't know. Probably. He's concerned
0: that he's not getting any of his memos. Yeah. In the infirmary, Sam and Pwalter are doing okay. Fraser says that it's very lucky that things weren't worse given the state of the control room when she saw it. Sam wants to know what the thing was trying to do that attacked them, but they don't have any diagnostic tools for that because the computers are essentially all fused and destroyed. She gives Sam the all clear to leave. Teal'c comes in as requested, and she tells him to have a seat. As she is looking at Teal'c, there's a monitor in the foreground that nobody is looking at, and a whole bunch of diagnostic imaging comes in on that monitor and just kind of scans through all of these different MRIs and X-rays and all kinds of stuff. So, seemingly a bit ominous.
1: I was also thinking before this scene that I was wondering when they were going to switch to uh flat monitors and i was like huh right here they've done it that's a oh monitor. i didn't even notice nice yeah. good call <laughs> i don't know why i was thinking about it but then i was and there it was and i was like Ha, huh, <laughs> cool fabulous in sam's lab she and daniel are watching the video from the malp daniel wants to get a closer look at some architecture he can cross reference or whatever But then he changes his mind. Okay, that wasn't important. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sam points out the place with the high frequency oscillations again. Which started up right after they lost the video. They got so high they couldn't measure them anymore. And so she's trying to get a better look at it. And she manages to see a wave. And Daniel calls it an alien signal. And it was able to go back through the stargate at them. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Using the MELP. Yeah. As kind of a yeah telephone almost. And while they're having a chat about what they can do next to figure out what was going on, because the SGC is under quarantine at the moment because of the strange happenings, <laughs> we see a security camera up behind them, which sort of had the look of like, Almost an ATST walker from Star Wars, except it doesn't walk, but (laughs) it's zipping around. It really kind of did, now that you mention it, yeah. (laughs) It's just keeping an eye on them. We get to see them through the camera lens, so we know that that they're being watched. More ominous. Yeah. In the control room, people are repairing stuff. Before you even continue, people are repairing stuff, Uh, right? Yeah. Sergeant Siler is under there putting something up underneath the console uh-huh. but he's trying to do it with one hand because he's got the flashlight in the other and i just thought it was really funny that he was trying to do this while hammond sam and daniel are just standing there <laughs> <laughs> like, couldn't they help the man right the i didn't even notice that's really funny <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> like, like he wasn't comically fidgeting but i was like that would go a lot better for him if he had somebody to right? hold his flashlight
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm That's sorry, great. That was yeah. go on,
0: <laughs> yeah. So Ham and Sam and Daniel are all just standing around supervising, complaining about what a mess everything is, basically while stuff's getting replaced. Sam talks about how the signal came in and branched throughout a whole bunch of very specific areas within their network, such as language software, and various system and application software. So Daniel says the thing was trying to learn how to read and to talk. Okay. Oh. And Sam adds that it also wanted as much knowledge about their systems as it could get. Hammond is concerned that it now sounds like there is potentially a conscious being inside the computer. Sam does mention that they did managed to interrupt it before it could complete the scan of the entire computer system. But unfortunately, they weren't able to learn anything from the MALP transmission that is going to be even remotely helpful to them in figuring out what the thing was or what it might be doing there. We get another glimpse of the Star Wars security camera watching them. And Hammond says that, well, Daniel and... I don't even know why Daniel would really be helping out so much with this, because archaeologist not computer person
1: he already seems to be very concerned that it could be a being learning thing so
0: i guess so but still even if it, if it was a mechanical being i don't know that an archaeologist who studies ancient languages <laughs> is gonna be
1: that helpful
0: in this but in any case he and sam are on it and in the meantime ham is putting the base at defcon 2 because whatever this thing is they don't want it getting out did you just call him Ham? <laughs> I did not intentionally. It might have sounded like that. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I was enjoying it. I think
0: I might have put more emphasis on the Ham part of his oh, name okay. than I meant, but I did not call him Ham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling him Ham from now on. Oh. I feel like it's not nice, so
1: <laughs> I don't know. Why? John Ham's a very attractive man. They used footage of me from my high school swim team to draw Prince Eric. Oh, that's true. I was thinking about Ham from uh, Toy Story. I don't get it. Or the great Hambino from from uh, Sandlot. <laughs> gotcha. We went very different places with that.
0: We sure did. <laughs> I guess I'll just stick with his regular name. I
1: don't know. <laughs> At least your reference was, you know, recent. Mine's, like, (laughs) decades (laughs) old. (laughs) Truth. (laughs) It's because you're so
0: much older than me. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: true. It's true.
0: (laughs) You with the birthday coming up.
1: (laughs) So we learn at this point there's a whole room full of malps. It's where they all congregate when they're not flying off world. I was interested to see that. Yeah. Apparently... This thing has taken control of one of the malps. It moves the arm. Yeah. So next, everyone congregates, and everyone means, you know, SG-1, the doctor, and Hammond yeah. congregate in the <laughs> conference room. I feel like it had a different vibe than a lot of the things, because everyone was kind of hunched over and, like, staring at yeah. things instead of, like, the casual sit-back we kind of get sometimes. Right. I was kind of wondering what Fraser was doing here in this particular
0: instance (laughs) no because again technology issue yeah problem with the computer systems why do they need a doctor
1: a human doctor yeah i don't know but jack's asking if they're talking about a probe and daniel's like well it's not really a probe yeah but then it comes around that well it's kind of a probe (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe (laughs) Yeah, Sam says that whatever came through, EM Wave navigated over half their computer systems before they stopped it. Teal'c was like, why would they do that? And Daniel's like, well, we sent a probe out. (laughs) So it is a probe. Yes. (laughs) Hammond points out it did a lot of damage. And they're not sure if it was intentional or not because they could be attacking or they could just be as Sam says too advanced and overwhelm their systems and there's no way to know Dr. Frazier points out that the high frequency oscillations look like high amplitude tracings of an EEG like a brainwave Daniel asks she's like sure sure, sure. then they can't continue cause the lights go off and the music gets spooky which I'm sure they heard obviously the star wars camera starts moving around and also gets control of a projector i guess and projects what the camera is seeing onto a screen or a wall or something also ominous yeah so it's looking at them and now they know it's looking at them sam says it sustained itself in their secondary systems while they were cleaning up the main computer Jack is more concerned at this point with his appearance, asks if he looks fat, and then later is smoothing his hair watching in the thing.
0: Yeah, that was weird. Yeah.
1: He also sort of salutes at the camera. Yes. And says, come here often. <laughs> the, the Whatever it is in the thing, then accesses and projects Jack's personnel file up on the screen. Then it points the camera at Sam and does the same. And Daniel too. Then Sergeant Siler comes in and he's not important enough for them to look up the file. (laughs) So he's just there to report a problem with the dialing sequencer. He's a little creeped out by what's going on with the screen and leaves. And Daniel interprets all of this as it's learning about them. I would think that they would keep the personnel photos up to date. Yeah, but Daniels. Daniels these were is, clearly from the yeah. first season. Judging by all their hairstyles. Yeah, especially Daniel's looked very like not like a headshot. It was like a screen grab from <laughs> I don't know. From, from season just, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever is going on, Hammond wants it to stop, so Sam goes off to do that bidding. Daniel, though, does not think they should just stop it because they don't know why what its intentions are, but Hammond points out. He can't just let this thing roam around their computers. They're going to go try to stop it. (sighs) Yep. Fair. Yeah. Back in the control room,
0: Jack, Daniel, and Hammond come in. Sam's already there doing some computing. And she says that they have managed to maintain quarantine, at least for the time being. So no contact in or out, because they don't want this thing getting out of any phone lines or internet or whatever. In the background, while they're talking, Jack is kind of moving from side to side, (laughs) watching the camera follow him, and it's like, oh, I think it likes me. (laughs) Sam says that the being is kind of like a computer program, but incredibly invasive and as complex as a DNA strand. The building blocks of life. Hammond wants to know if she can remove it. She is not really sure if she can or not. The only option really would be to try to shut down everything and try a quote, low-level format of all drives. Mm. Anything that wasn't backed up before the energy blast happened would be destroyed. But that is the only thing that she can think of to do. So Hammond gives her the okay. And that's going to take a while. Hammond has somehow managed to alert all off-world teams. (laughs) So, you know that whole quarantine thing that we were saying about no information in or out? (laughs) Hammond himself has broken that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Siler's there and he tells everyone to stand by while he powers everything down. I like that Jack is still fucking around with the camera in the background. Yeah. (laughs) Until it's Yeah, and then he's
0: upset when the camera stops moving. (laughs)
1: He's like, oh, hey.
0: (laughs) We get another shot of the hallway with all the weird green emergency lights. And in the MELP storage room, we see that the one MELP that seems to have kind of come to life on its own it's still, still there, still moving around, despite the lack of power. And it's up to something. It is up to something. It reaches up and pulls an emergency light off of the box that it's attached
1: to. Very important. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Later on, they have turned the computers and the lights back on, and Siler and Carter are Giving the computer system a clean bill of health, basically. There's no more trace of this whatever entity in the system. And Sam reports that they may have only lost about 24 hours of data, so that's cool. But they'll know for sure when they can hook back up with the Pentagon. Hammond's like, slow down, let's be cautious, let's check it again. Which is a good call because almost immediately... We see on the computer screen they're looking at that there's a problem in the Melp room. (laughs) So, oops. Yeah, they're going to go check that out. They are. They get
0: to the door outside of the Melp room. Jack complains that there's a light out and that Siler must have forgotten to change the light bulb. (laughs) I just thought his response to that was great. Yeah. It's not my job, sir. Yes, sir, light bulb. Very amusing. key card doesn't work to get them in they realize that the door is warm and it's actually been welded shut from inside how they could assume that just by the fact that the door was warm i don't know but it does turn
1: out they were right jack sniffed it too oh
0: did he i missed that part okay i
1: still don't know how he could tell from that but you know he used two senses so
0: yes okay all right so if If Frazier can tell someone's in a coma, then Jack can tell that a door several inches thick has been welded from the inside. (laughs) Magic. Oh, I should probably mention, it's extra weird that it's been welded from the inside because nobody's been there since the power shut down. Oh, yeah. I guess
1: that's important to note. Yes.
0: So they're going to go get a torch to blast their way through. Well, not blast their way through, but, you know, cut their way through the door.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. They cut a big hole. They do. The next thing we see is that they've pretty much cut through the door and they push it open. There's like a tiny little, uh, like a mini Malt zipping along on the floor. Yeah. They follow it. (laughs) There's like a a nest of wires and monitors and electronics. Yeah. (laughs) Just a big mass of cables. Yeah. And in the middle though, conveniently is like a screen and a keyboard. Yeah. Just like they're waiting, waiting for someone to come. So they didn't get rid of the thing. It has made itself a little home in here. And has been sustaining itself entirely from the emergency lights. That's Uh, weird. Yeah. I wouldn't think that would be enough
0: power, but I don't know much about electrical stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Outside of how the human body functions on electricity like we talked about last time.
1: Yeah. And Sam says that they had wiped a ton of whatever this is out, but... Now it must be using incredible compression to reproduce itself from a fraction of its size. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) And it keeps expanding into whatever available memory is around. Jack radios to Hammond that they need to blow this shit up. And Daniel's like, what? And wants to know why. And Sam chimes in that they've completely isolated this area and there's no chance their computer's going to be reinfected. Daniel says it's fighting to survive. Jack points out that bacteria also fight to survive. Sam thinks it's trying to communicate as well. And she thinks that this is an intelligent being and they need to try to make contact with it because it's an alien that is stranded on another world. Hammond comes in at this point and is like, WTF. Jack's like, here's the skinny, and I really, really want to blow this up. Hammond's like, well, if it can't reconnect to the computers, then let's give it a try. So at this point, Sam's giving Hammond reassurances. So She says it's surviving in an emergency circuit, which is battery-powered. So how much power do these emergency lights have right. and maintain?
0: Yeah, that they can yeah keep this large of a computer...
1: Yeah, type thing running. I don't know. But she says they can kill it by just severing the connection. She's very confident about that. But anyway, she's like, well, I'm going to try to type into this computer and, you know, if it goes wrong, we'll cut the power. So she goes over to chat with the thing while Jack goes and grabs some kind of bolt wire cutter things and walks over to the very obvious power supply wire and puts it around it he's not fucking around he's ready to cut that thing immediately threatening the thing probably
0: isn't the best way to start your efforts to communicate with it though
1: yeah sam starts typing into the thing and asks what's your purpose and the the thing responds what is yours which i think is very valid given the threat jack is currently making to its life yes agree yeah And then Sam writes, we're explorers, but then she's stuck on the S and we see that actually what happens as the screen fills with S's is that she's being zapped again in the hands. It's been some kind of trap all along. Ah. It's a trap. And Jack cuts that power supply.
0: (sighs) Yeah. yeah. Sam's taken down to the infirmary to get checked out. Fraser orders an EEG and an EKG as Frasier has the tendency to do. She herself is the one that has the oxygen that is hand pumping oxygen into Sam. And then she takes the mask off so that she can then move Sam before then resuming the oxygen. She's bad at that. <laughs> and then, of course, Sam flatlines. And so she wants to shock her. And then, <laughs> thankfully, Sam comes back without needing to be shocked because it wouldn't have worked anyway. <laughs> fraser says they have normal sinus rhythm again but then as she's looking at the screen that shows all of sam's vitals a random second bar like a second little window pops up that shows a different feed of some sort so it is not her brain waves but something else that's in her brain with her oh. and fraser notices that they match The signal that was seen in the computer.
1: Oh my. Earlier, Mm. That seems bad. (laughs) Yes. At some point, I guess a little later, Jack is hanging out down by Carter in her bed while the rest of SG-1 and Dr. Frazier... I guess the rest of them is the other half of them. There's only four of them. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're up looking down from... The observation area looking at these whatever patterns that dr fraser found apparently sam's readings are weaker than the entities daniel wants to know how a computer program can be inside a human brain and that is a good question is that a thing that can happen uh not <laughs> right now
0: <laughs> Okay. <laughs> our memories actually they're starting to learn that the way that our brains store memory is actually very similar to computer binary but no that's okay. not a thing we can do at the moment
1: okay well anyway this thing can though because apparently it's yeah. super advanced yeah and apparently she thinks they chose sam because the human brain can store terabytes of information Ooh.
0: it's actually petabytes oh petabytes of information oh,
1: man, how does that relate to a terabyte
0: a petabyte is 1000 terabytes
1: ah okay cool thank you
0: so you know she was only off by by a few yeah. a few factors yeah. of ten. <laughs> I mean, like computers can store terabytes; our brains can for sure store more information <laughs> than in any any normal you know laptop computer <laughs> or external hard drive or whatever.
1: Yeah, she does not think they can remove this thing from Sam. And Teal'c thinks that they should put her under armed guard, which Hammond agrees. And yes.
0: (laughs) Good call, Teal'c. Yeah, yeah. A bit later on in the infirmary, Sam opens her eyes. She gives Jack the same kind of weird, not real salute, but fake salute that Jack had given to the camera earlier. He asks if she can talk. Frazier chimes in that now Sam's PET scan resembles that of someone who's been the victim of a stroke. Some parts of her brain seem really active, and other ones are completely dormant or suppressed. So she thinks that the entity probably has complete motor control of Sam, but she doesn't think that it can get to the parts of the brain that make speech happen, which are two different areas. Kathy, do you know what part of the brain makes speech happen? My and mouth. She do. It's my mouth. It's part of the brain. The mouth is part of the brain. My mouth is in my head and so is my brain. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Come on. You know it. Uh, Do I? Way back season one. Season one. My least favorite episode. Oh, the Broker
1: Divide. Yeah. Broker's area specifically. Oh, okay.
0: But But in order to type, it would still actually need to have access to the same parts of the brain that would make spoken words happen. So that Ah. still wouldn't work. (laughs) Jack tells Fraser to worry more about getting her better instead of that, but Fraser is very unhappy to admit that she has no idea how. Jack recommends maybe trying to contact the Tok'ra or the Asgard, but Hammond reminds them that they're still under quarantine, despite him calling out to all of the teams that were off-world earlier. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Good job, guys.
0: So, yeah. nothing's leaving that facility. No. Anymore. Anyway. Aside from aside from their calls out to the the teams before.
1: <laughs> SG three quarters and Siler are hanging out in the melp room after this. siler's like, oh, looks like it used a capacitor to deliver a charge through the keyboard. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Every time anyone says capacitor, all I can think about is flux capacitors. So... Flux capacitor, yeah. Yeah, of course. Anyway. That's all I know about <laughs> capacitors as well. Yeah. So they're just kind of talking about things they know. Like Sam said, it was growing and trying to figure out what's going on. T looks like perhaps the entity possessed her because her mind was a more efficient memory storage vessel than the tangle of wires, I guess, that it was in before. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Like I
0: said, our brains store a lot of information. Jack, though, says, It's a trap.
1: It was a trap. It was watching okay. us. It's a trap. Yes. <laughs> he basically thinks it like drew her in and took her over and that was its plan. I mean, that kind of makes sense because it had her picture
0: and her personnel file displayed on the screen.
1: It did. Yeah. So it called
0: communication console. It seemed to be calling for her.
1: Okay. Here's my wild theory about this. It was watching Jack. It was following Jack along. It wanted Mm -hmm. to talk to Jack. So it had to pick somebody who would talk to Jack. Mm -hmm. That's my theory. Interesting. It, it recognized in Sam that she liked Jack just like they liked Jack. Gotcha. Even though that doesn't bear out in anything that happens later. but That's a good theory. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So they come to the conclusion, or at least Jack's conclusion and Teal's conclusion is if they had just destroyed it rather than trying to communicate, Sam would not have been infected. And Daniel's like, well, you know... Sam wasn't wrong to try to communicate with it. And I have to say, in this matter, I'm actually on Daniel's side. Huh. I don't think, like, just blindly destroying things is always a good thing to do. But, so they may no, an effort. No, I generally agree, too, but... <sighs> yeah.
0: Give her some rubber gloves to wear while she's typing true, or something, true. I don't know. <laughs> Having already been injured through her hand before while at a computer when this thing was passing by. That
1: is very true. She could have taken more precautions.
0: Yeah. Back in the infirmary, they have gotten the thing a speech synthesizer and a keyboard. Jack tries to talk with it. I like Amanda Tapping's just angry glare that she maintains the entire time that she's playing this entity trapped in Sam's body. It was really good. Just unflinching, unblinking, just angry stare.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> it was, it was disturbing. Yeah, I, <laughs> it really she was. Did a great yeah, job. I...
0: <laughs> yep, absolutely. It, it was very unconvincing, though. The typing that she was doing to try to communicate <laughs> because she would tap out a couple letters and then like a full sentence would yeah. come out. <laughs> also where they showed her hand typing was not like anywhere near any <laughs> of the letters that would have been required to type those words that yeah, she was saying I so was
1: looking at that too
0: <laughs> it was kind of distracting and then also the foley artist didn't do a very good job of lining up the the clacky sounds that you love so much with the finger movements so just the whole thing was very distracting to me
1: <laughs> i just focused on her face
0: yeah fair I tried to do that, but still, I couldn't help it. My gaze would drift down to her hand <laughs> the out of sync typing. So Jack and the entity have a little bit of a conversation. It confirms that it is the entity from the other base, but that this one, as it refers to Sam, has a memory of Jack. Jack says that this one's name is Major Dr. Samantha Dr. Carter. <laughs> and the entity is like, then I am Major jack is pretty incensed by that and tells it nope nope no you're not Fraser chimes in that just because you've taken control of her does not mean that you are her but the entity says that it really had no other option because they were trying to kill it and it had literally nowhere else to go so it had to take over sam i do think you're probably right though about why it shows sam because the entity says that this one is important so i think it does seem to have known how important sam was to jack and that he'd be much more reluctant to kill the thing if it was in sam's body yeah and that jack would be much more willing to talk
1: to it if it was in her body but how would it know that's a question because yeah. it can also be interpreted that it's just saying humans in general value one person and you guys aren't gonna kill this one person to yeah. kill me I don't know it could go either way, but yeah i'm on I'm yeah. on t it likes Jack just like Sam, <laughs> yeah, fair likes Jack, you know Jack yeah. tried to kill it, but whatever right, so long story short,
0: the thing says that they're not going to kill the body that it's inhabiting just to destroy that being itself, so ha huh. <laughs> it wins, I don't know,
1: yeah. <laughs> They depart to go talk about this development. Dr. Fraser thinks basically if they were able to remove the entity from Sam, Sam would be brain dead anyway. Daniel's like, well, why does the entity insist Sam's mind is still within? And Jack's like, well, because they want us to keep it from killing it. Jack and Daniel are having the same basic kind of argument they often have, where Jack's like, kill it, kill it. And Daniel's like, but maybe not. <laughs> dr frazier thinks even if they could find sam in there she's not going to be there long because the entity keeps expanding in her mind and they can't stop it daniel thinks they should offer to send it home because it wants to survive but hammond has already locked that coordinate out of the stargate dialing computer because he does not want to risk the same thing happening again if they reopen the wormhole. Which I totally get. Right. Yeah. Daniel wants to try to convince the entity to leave Sam's body willingly. Daniel and Dr. Fraser and Teal go to do that and Jack stays behind so him and can let him know they may need to make some difficult choices even though he knows that Major Carter means a great deal to Jack. Jack just says she's a valuable member of my team and that's where they leave it yeah yeah but they have a little knowing look yeah yeah they do hammond knows hammond knows yeah 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 didn't they actually have to admit it
0: in that episode where they were looking for the zatark
1: they did but i can't remember if everyone was present and heard it and had to know about it
0: i wouldn't think that everyone would be would be present but i would imagine that it would have gotten back to hammond though true
1: very true also hammond you know knows what's going on with his people like he he could probably maybe he could probably see it (laughs) well sometimes he knows what's going on with those people but he might be able to see what's going on with those two yeah but what's not actually going on with those two because they wouldn't right they would not they're very professional good people they are and they care about their jobs they sure do
0: they go back to the infirmary to try to convince this thing to leave sam this time daniel's up since he's a little bit more diplomatic He introduces himself, but the thing already knows who he is because it read Daniel's file. And also the entity points out that, well, if you're a scientist, then you know I cannot be extracted. It does offer them information in exchange for being allowed to continue inhabiting Sam's body. But Daniel tells it that's not what they want. They want Sam. The entity says that leaving this mind would cause termination. It's kind of ambiguous as to whether it would cause Sam's termination or its own or both. But Daniel takes that to mean that leaving Sam's body would kill the entity, so he suggests that it goes back to the Malp room, but that storage thing that it had built for itself is already too small. Since the time it's moved into Sam's brain, it's grown beyond the capacity of that thing that it had made down there. When Daniel asks why it came to Earth in the first place, it says it's because they attacked it. (laughs) Daniel was surprised to hear this and says, no. (laughs) Again, they point out that it was a probe. But apparently whatever signal the MELP was sending out was completely intolerable to the beings on that planet. The entity even refers to it as being poison that they had allowed to spread through the entire system before they realized how disruptive or destructive it was. Daniel tries to explain that they didn't mean to hurt it. They didn't even know that there were any beings there and they want to help if they can. Not very surprising that the entity is... Not very willing to trust the people from Earth, though, in light of that circumstance. And then the entity clarifies further that it's going to try to preserve its own world by destroying all the people on Earth. Because it thinks that the only reason that the people from Earth didn't destroy its planet is because the transmission was disrupted when it went through the Stargate. Daniel's like, cool, well, you're technically right, but now we're never going to go back there again, so trust us everything's fine everything's fine just leave willingly jack loses his patience at this point and says that basically that daniel's full of shit and that they are in fact going to go to the planet and they're going to send dozens of probes more and more probes doesn't matter unless the being leaves sam so whereas daniel's trying to say if you leave then you'll be safe jack's trying the opposite tactic of leave or we destroy your entire planet The entity tries to call his bluff, but Jack's like, nope, you've read my file. You know I'm not bluffing. Daniel is very upset that this is the course of action that Jack has decided to take. But Hammond backs Jack on this. Of course he does. And is like, yeah, no, we're going to destroy your planet if you don't let us have Sam back. Sam slash the entity then rips all of the cables and IVs and everything that were attached to it off. And gets up and storms on down the hallway, maintaining her angry eyes Yeah, that have been packed by Mrs. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Speaking of Toy Story. Yes. <laughs> <From early>.
1: I <laughs> packed your angry eyes. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in a really long time. It's so good. I haven't either. Yeah. It's a good movie. Jack tells him to let them go, but then also Dr. Frazier gets on the line and calls out there's an emergency situation. When Sam's moving along, she actually stops because she is surrounded by Air Force people. This didn't make a
0: lot of sense to me because when she left the infirmary, Jack said to let her go, but
1: then they corner her in the hallway. Yeah, that was weird. It was. It made no sense. No. But anyway, she stops at some junction of the corridors where they intersect. A bunch of people are surrounding her, stopping her from going anywhere, so she raises her hands up and, like, I don't know, she Emperor shoots, yes, the hallway? she Palpatine's <laughs> the hallway, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Teal'c thinks that the alien is attempting to return to the mainframe. <laughs> Jack zats her once. It doesn't knock her down. So she continues to Palpatine, then he zats her a second time. Yikes. Dude. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think he was just so desperate to save the base
0: that he was actually willing to kill her? Or do you think that in this circumstance, he thought that it might not actually kill her? I think he was willing to kill her. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. But I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because my initial reaction was, how does he know that that wouldn't kill her? And then I was like, oh, wait, maybe he didn't.
1: (laughs) So yeah, that that takes her down, though. So she's uh, out. She's out. She's down and out. In fact,
0: though, it didn't kill her because the next scene is in the infirmary, but she's not doing so great. There's absolutely no brain activity. The only thing that's keeping her alive is the life support that she's on. Frazier, who's bordering on tears, comes in and tells Jack, who's, of course, right at Sam's bedside, that she had a living will. She wanted no outstanding measures taken. Frasier thinks it's time to let her go, but Jack just needs a minute.
1: Elsewhere in the control room, I think, Pual- yes, because where else does Walter live? Walter lives in the control yeah. room.
0: He lives in the control room. Yeah. I imagine he just has a cot under his bed. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> a cot under his bed. <laughs> a cot under his control station. I, I his, knew what you know,
1: meant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at words. Words are hurt. That's
1: okay. Walter gets the go ahead from Hammond to restart the system again.
0: Hold on to your butts.
1: Yeah. so I guess maybe
0: they had to, I don't know, they, why would they need to shut it down to destroy the thing? I don't know. I don't know. Because if it was only cooked up to a battery, then that wouldn't make any sense that they would need to. Yeah. Although the thing did like zap the entire, like all of the electrical conduits in the hallway. So maybe it
1: got fried again. True. True. Yeah. I don't know. But while that's happening, Siler is in the mouth room blowing that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Going to get blown up. But then dot, dot, dot. I like that this just describes it as the electronic mess. (laughs) (laughs) Really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. The electronic mess powers back up. On the screen, the words, I am here, pop up. And then those words keep repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating on all screens that are available (laughs) throughout the entire base.
1: This reminds me of Horton Hears a Who. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. We are here. We are here. We are here. We are here. here. (laughs) Yup.
0: They're trying to figure out, could that possibly be Sam? Jack's like, well, I shot her twice, so no. Daniel thinks that maybe the being transferred Sam's consciousness out of her own body and into the machine before Jack then killed the being by zatting Sam twice. But her consciousness was safe in the mainframe by then. Jack wants to know why it would do that. And Daniel's like, well, because you threatened its (laughs) homeworld. If it didn't let Sam go, maybe that's why. So they call to Hammond and give him an update on what's going on. Hammond makes his way down to the MALP storage room. And Sam gets wheeled in there also on her gurney. They line her up next to the little console that the thing set up as its kind of communication port. Frasier notices that the EEG matches Sam's exactly, so she knows it's got to be Sam. She doesn't know how it's Sam, but it's got to be Sam. And so, of course, they can figure out how to put Sam's consciousness back in her body, because that's a thing. That's totally For sure. it's not a thing. <laughs> but but we'll go with it, because that's what happens. <laughs> Frasier hooks up some wires, and Sam is able to download her consciousness into her own body, they disconnect her life support, and she continues breathing on her own, so that's good at least. Yeah. Yeah. She wakes up and says that she was just shouting for everybody to hear, and Jack's like, yeah, I heard you. And that's the end of the episode.
1: Aw. Kathy. Yeah. Did you like the episode? I hated the episode. <laughs> And it wasn't even the fact that it was boring, but the point where Mm. Jack's just like, yeah, we're going to kill this creature that thinks we're an aggressor, and we're going to force it to commit suicide in order to preserve its planet. It it made me so angry. It made me so angry. Were they
0: trying to force it to commit suicide? My impression was that they were going to open the gate for it, or were thinking of opening the gate for it to let it go through the gate if it agreed.
1: Were they really? Because Hammond had already locked it out of the dialing computer. Oh, right. I don't yeah, trust I, I don't trust that. It... Yeah. I feel like Jack was forcing it to commit suicide and it really made me angry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's shitty if that's the case. I agree yeah. then. It's just like unnecessarily like well, I know he had his suspicions about what it wanted to do. Obviously it wanted to initially it was going to destroy them, but perhaps with the communication that Daniel had opened, maybe that wouldn't have been a problem anymore. Don't know. All right. Maybe build it a nicer bigger yeah hard drive to go sit in for a while Yeah, it just it just made me really mad at that point and it just like spoiled the whole episode for me even with sam's Fair. creepy stare which was really good and there were some funny was. moments in the episode yeah. but it left it open like who was right on that one we don't know i mean i guess in right. the sense that sam survived jack was right but uh, just uh. anyway yeah it made me really mad and i did not like it yeah
0: how about you I didn't hate it as much as you did, although I do dislike it more now that you point out the fact that they were essentially, yeah, forcing the thing to try to kill itself. But that's fine. (laughs) I didn't like it either. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. I was just kind of bored. I didn't find it to be all that interesting. It was a lot of talking. It wasn't very fast paced, though. It was just them trying to figure out. It was just them trying to figure stuff out and talking in a lot of hypothetical and then eventually coming to conclusions but that's the plot of like a lot of these episodes but there wasn't a whole lot of action and it was just a very slow to me felt like a slow pace to the episode so i did not find it that enjoyable it's kind of tedious yeah
1: sometimes i wonder if i'm too influenced by star trek because i feel like captain picard would have found a way to save everybody hmm go on and also like open diplomatic relations with this species that can't handle radio signals <laughs> it's true but i mean realistically i think captain
0: picard is the ideal or the the gold standard that we should all be trying to live up true. to yes perhaps it is so i don't think that there's anything wrong with thinking that everything should live up to captain picard's ideals <laughs> personally
1: <laughs> so what is next Next, we're watching Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 21, Double Jeopardy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. Netflix says, SG-1 returns to the planet formerly known as P3X729, a planet they, or rather robot duplicates of themselves, helped free from gold enslavement. Hmm. The booklet says SG 1 encounters a tricky situation when they join forces with androids designed to look exactly like them in a battle against an evil gold system lord. Can they fight alongside robotic doppelgangers, or will confusion and contradiction blur the line between man and machine? Come try them! <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: I have vague recollections of the episode.
1: Yeah, I I I vaguely recall parts, I think, but yeah. As
0: always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. Likes and reviews are very much appreciated, as is word of mouth, to help other people find the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com and you can send us messages through our website, which is stargazing.space. And if you're feeling generous, you can help support the show over at patreon.com/slash I'm Mary. I'm Kathy, and you've been listening to Stargazing. The end. The end. Do you want me to just keep going, or?
1: Um, I don't know. Sure, I don't know. So they're Yeah. So, yeah. I, I can. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking since words are even harder for you
0: today than they are for me, apparently. Words are really hard.